We're back on the Rex Reviews podcast. Lou McCoy, Casey Day, and Taurosaurus Rex, and maybe our buddy Dimitri from Primary Arms. Yeah, we're devious. He doesn't know we're about to call him. Uh, this is actually really happening. I'm just going to, he just called while we're on the show. And I'm sure he's not going to appreciate this, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to call him live at his house. He's not going to know he's on the, the podcast show, but we'll see what happens. All right. Okay, here it goes. Put him on speakerphone. This is exciting. Picking that up, Lulu. Oh, yeah. Mr. Dimitri. Yo, 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 Rexo. <laughs> What's up, dude? What's up with it? What are you doing, man? I just got back from uh, Battlefield, Las Vegas. Never heard of, never heard of that. Uh-uh. What's that? Oh, it's like a... Hey, Dimitri, you want to know a secret? You're on the podcast show right now. Right oh, really? now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> We're about to start cussing. And- I was just saying, because I knew it was coming in about four seconds. <laughs> yeah, you know how I roll. <laughs> oh, yeah. Battlefield Las Vegas. What is that, man? It's like a... Uh, hold on, put my shoes. It's like a... You know, like where you ramp machine guns and that kind of thing. Oh, sure, sure. Was it pretty fun? Oh, yeah. Dude, these guys have, like, everything. Freaking, they have tanks, literally tanks outside and helicopters. Hey, dude, when I fly down there, we got to shoot that MG42 that you were shooting with them them guys. Remember? Yeah, yeah. We'll shoot that. No, these guys had, like, you know, how much shoes were? These guys had everything. Oh, what the heck? Like grenade launchers. They had a some kind of Polish RPK. Well, we're gonna get like a class roll in there. I uh, is my plan in Las Vegas here, like in a couple months maybe. And I'm gonna schedule like a uh, what do you call it a seminar. And when I come down there, I'm gonna schedule a couple extra days, and we're gonna go out to whatever that thing is you just said. Battlefield. Um, yeah, Battlefield Vegas. Did it let you shoot like a M47 Dragon at a house or anything fun like that? Um. Oh, what all you can do and can't do. Because, like, I, I was in there just talking to, like, the, the people that run it. Oh, sure. Yep. Like, optics and stuff. Right on. You want to do the questions and answers with us, Dimitri? You want to hold this for uh, a second, bro? Yeah, let me get All right, Casey, what's our first questions and answers uh, question we have? Okay, Sean writes in, the best optic for his mission. First, Ooh, thank mission. you. For all the educational videos that you have provided to us, I watched more than two dozen videos, but I remain uncertain of the best choice for optic for my mission. So I wanted to send my shooting specs and get your advice. Oh, this is going to be fun. I'm ready for this. You ready for this one, Dimitri? For his mission? Yeah, he's got a mission. I don't know what it is. Hopefully it's something that's awesome. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. He's got Scar 17s, 100 to 200. Scar 17? Oh, dear Lord in heaven. He's narrowed down already. There's only like five scopes that'll work. Okay, go ahead. 100 to 200 meters. 100 to 200 meters, okay. Non-moving, competitive. Okay. And again, the videos and extensive explanations in layman terms are awesome. Wow. So non-moving targets 100 to 200 meters with the Scar? Mm-hmm. I would say like uh, some sort of red dot sight would be good. Of course, Dimitri understands that Rex is very, very intimate with the Atari level 1980s technology, which is aim point. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just poking him in the cage there. Uh, but no, like a red dot sight, something that's relatively uh, tough, that's glued together properly. Actually, the hollow sun's a really good way to go. Um, do you have any uh, suggestions there, Dimitri, for a particular model for SCAR-17? Um, I was going to say just a ACSS ACOG, because, I mean, even even 200, I mean, 200 yards, that's, I don't know. It depends what you're shooting at, I guess. Sure. I, a lot of it's budget contingent. So if the guy's on a budget, I would say a Holosun. If you got a little more money, I think an Aimpoint would be nice. If you got a little more money, I think a Prismatic. 
uh, you know, or in any point, our prismatics going to be in the same uh, category, like a prism scope. That what do you call them? The compacts, the three, the straight three power, the straight five power, or then like yeah. an ACOG, dude. I don't know, man. Like ACOG's awesome and everything, but a Scar Seventeen, they're pretty darn mean on optics. Like I'd be scared to put an ACOG on there. I think one of those compact scopes might work a little better. But uh, what do you think, man? Well, I, I spent a lot of time talking to these guys that. Battlefield Las Vegas, and they put, Jesus, a ton of rounds. It's not even, I mean, we're talking about a, a huge room full of ammo that goes through these guns every day. It, mm-hmm. It's insane to go through. And um, what they are saying is, you know, ACOGs are good to go. They have hmm. aim points there, too, and they look pretty beat up. They said that the aim points last a while, and what tends to go out on those is the, uh, the knob that, you know, you turn the power on. Yep. That's like goes out rattles the connection loose yep yeah do they run those on scar 17s yeah they run them on scar 17s they run them on like full belt fed machine guns and all all, i mean they have it it, i think they redesigned the scar uh they redesigned the trijicon acog uh i think the first generation of those uh wasn't really working on the scar 17s particularly and they went back and they re-engineered a few details and got them really heavy heavy duty now so they're held a lot tougher than they used to be, the new models? Yeah. I've never heard about the, the Gen 1 or Gen 2s. Right on, dude. All right. Next question, Casey. This one comes in from Anderson. He's asking about a scope for a 308. Hello, Rex. Is a Schmidt and Bender PM2 worth putting on a 308? Seems like it might be overkill. I'm currently using an SWFA 10 power. See you in July in Florida. Sure, it depends on exactly what you're going to do with your 308. Um, I mean, it, if you're uh, shooting long range, short range, if you if you need rapid target acquisition, then something like a ACSS reticle is going to be like incredibly helpful. If you're doing like maximum precision work, you can get away with an SWFA scope, no problem. They're very reliable on the tracking. Uh, Schmidt and Menner PM2. In my opinion, with the distances, the max distances that a 308 is capable of achieving, uh, you know, it goes transonic, you know, right around a thousand yards, maybe 1100 ish. And uh, with with good loads, depending on atmospherics and uh, a PM2 is going to give you a high degree level of precision, but maybe not enough to warrant that much precision because the significant figures you're going to gain in terms of precision at those distances is not enough to make you miss anyways. So uh, something you can go with a a more budget optic, I think on a 308, you're not going to see some of the differences. You're not going to notice them on a, on a PM2, like uh, the, the the pure Schmidt and Bender glass is amazing, but at 1100 yards, you can get away $300 optics pretty well. I think that you should take a look at the HUD, ACSS HUD. That's actually, for my 308 rifles, I have a few target configurations. I run US Optics ST10. Uh, my main rifle right now is running a 6-30 to 30, uh, Platinum with a BPR reticle, which we're going to come out with a review on relatively soon, as soon as I'm cleared to give it. <laughs> but I am playing with it right now. It's, it's like a ballistic drop compensation grid pattern type deal with dots instead of like a a grid that's a lot more clean and it's actually pretty nice nicely balanced for uh stuff like that and um yeah i I guess i would go with either a hud reticle or something like a bpr um you don't need to spend a huge amount of money in my opinion for 308 although if you got the money you might as well do it because it's awesome pm2s are incredibly sexy and i love them and they're my favorite but uh you know three thousand bucks to get you 1100 yards is maybe a little bit overkill cool yeah um i had another question in from mark about tolerances tolerances yes he says i have zero tolerance for certain things casey zero tolerance (laughs) (laughs) he asked justin biebler no tolerance go ahead but britney spears is okay yeah britney spears is cool she's well maybe it's because i'm a, a male what do you think, Dimitri? What What do you like better, Justin Biebler or Britney Spears? If you have to listen to the song, uh, definitely I'll take Britney. Oh Justin. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, continue, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> so tolerances. Hey Rex, if your overall length is two point two six zero. Oh gosh, he's using numbers on me. <laughs> I'm not even awake. Okay, go ahead. What is the acceptable tolerance, two or three thousandths, and will crimping decrease your overall length? Thanks. 
Will crimping decrease your overall? What what cartridge is he talking about? He did not specify. Yeah. Okay. What do you think, Dimitri? Point two six is typically a two two well two two four, but two two you know we know it as two two three or five five six. Mm-hmm. So if he's talking about crimping it, it would have to be a leaf factory crimp and not a roll crimp, unless he's doing like MK two six two and it's got the little canards or whatever those are called, the little teeth that you roll crimp onto. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm thinking because most what sixty two grain is two point two five. Oh, God, it's been so long since I reloaded. (laughs) (laughs) Dimitri's garage is like full up to the top of brass. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of factory ammo you got to burn. When when you're doing the pace of fire, you do, man. Yeah, reloading is long in the past. What I would recommend to the gentleman is consult the reloading manual exactly what it says is your parameters. You never want to deviate outside the reloading manual. Even though guys say they can get outside of those, I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I'm never one to uh, flirt with pressure. Under ideal circumstances, you can uh, maybe still make it work. But in all practicality, you want to stay within the defined parameters that Sammy has set in the reloading manuals. Find the most conservative parameters. If there's one that's like way more radical, I'd I go with the more conservative one. As long as it cycles fine in the weapon and it's uh, relatively duplicative of a factory load, I find that to be advantageous because I try to, and on my battle rifles, assuming it's a 5.56 round, right? I try to duplicate something that's representative of a battle load because that's what I'm going to use if I ever need to use it. I like to memorize ballistic drop data that is similar to or identical to the commonly issued ammunition so that if the day ever comes where uh, Justin Biebler's rolling around on the sidewalk in panic because the solar flare happened and there's like no more YouTubes or uh, electricities or any of that kind of stuff, I'll still be okay because I'll memorize how to uh, to hold the rifle without having to look in a book because I'll remember it intuitively. You I like? tell you what happens when you load too hot. What happens when you load too hot, Dimitri? So the first thing that starts to happen is your primers go flat. You yep. You're stretching out pockets. Ironed your primers, pocket, yep. Yeah, then your your primer pockets stretch out, and then your, your primers don't sit right, and they come loose and bounce around your lower. They, uh, you know, yep. jam up your... Oh, yeah. ARs are very fussy with that. I've had a lot of them. I, had, I used to run Olympic ammo back in my Colts. Back in the old days, and that's that Greek. Hey, by the way, sorry, not making fun of Greek guys or anything, Dimitri, but it's that Greek ammo. And uh, man, some of that stuff was just nasty. It was like way over pressured, and I'd blow primers out of the pockets, and then you'd have like primer fragments all over it inside the trigger of an AR. And those ARs, you can't take a lot of, you know, like an AK, a Kalashnikov, you can get away with a lot of uh, debris inside the receiver, but not on an AR-15. You don't want to flirt with high pressures. Because when conditions are not ideal, um, like if temperature or something weird happened and those loads are ready right up to the edge, any tiny inconsistency on the in the wrong direction will put you over the edge. And now you're in that dangerous territory. And even if it's not going to blow the gun up in your face, it'll make it not reliable when the primers come loose. So very good point, sir. Yep. Yeah, when I when I went to take the bolt apart, I had to use a pair of pliers to pull out the cotter pin because it was like mangled. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Next one, Casey. Good to know. Dustin writes in. He's asking about Desert Tech. Uh, he says, "Do you have any experiences with the Desert Tech SRS?" 338 Lapua. Sure. We're getting a lot of questions on the Desert Tech rifles. We had a gentleman approach us last summer uh, at one of our special events we had in the Badlands uh, on a competition, and he brought out his Desert Tech, and uh, we shot it. It's uh, the, the rifle's uh, an interesting concept and design. I'm very conservative when it comes to rifle designs. I like the classic 100-year-old proven designs. I'm not a fan of quick-change barrels because I have heard of other guys that have tested them that have had them come loose uh one of our friends that has another training project that we've been visiting not too long ago had a problem when he's battle testing his i ain't gonna say who it is because i don't know if he wants to commit to uh, critiquing that particular company or not but he broke his um one of the things interesting about the desert tech in my experience is when i was shooting them is the ergonomics they the, you have to use a positive recoil control you have to have positive rifle control on them you can't really utilize free recoil because where the bolt is situated and things like that it moves very different than 
than a conventional rifle stock design would would have happened. So it's a different system. It's radically different than the conventional style, and you have to alter your marksmanship style. If you're a, re- a free recoil design guy, that would be a defining deal. I think that there's a lot of other stuff on the market for cheaper that is going to shoot every bit as good, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm not going to make fun of guys with desert techs. One of my good friends, Bart Chow, runs one, and he shot that thing incredibly well. He's a really, really good shooter, actually. And so it depends on what your marksmanship style is, is the big contingent factor. If you don't mind grabbing on the rifle and controlling it with the standard uh, positive recoil control, uh, I think you'll run it just fine. Cool. Yeah, I saw some testing on the... Uh version and it shot really tight did it shoot pretty good yeah then he tested uh i think 33 next and it opened up but i mean that could be just the harmonics from that particular load on that barrel sure yeah heck yeah dude all right next question mistake okay this one comes from steven Stephen is asking about scope-centered to bore-centered dimensions. He wanted to thank you for all the videos he appreciates the information you put out there and he has a question I recently bought a scope mount with 20 MOA built into it and am wondering how to correct the dope. Being a different mount, the height is different, and to measure it as the scope is at an angle is hard to do. I cannot just add 20 MOA to my last dope. That doesn't seem to be working. Any ideas other than shoot at all ranges and record the dope? So he's talking about converting over to a different scope base with 20 minutes of tilt. Uh, it's going to be a relatively simple deal. You're just going to change the mounts and you're going to zero the rifle at your normal zero range, like 100 meters. Slip the scales back to zero and resume where you, you had left off. Uh, if you're using the same exact scope, uh, your scope height might have changed. Uh, it doesn't really matter in terms of how far forward or backwards you really are. I try to go off the front ring just because of superstition. Um, but um, in all reality, a 20-minute scope tilt is like, what, a third of a, of a degree, right? Because there's 60 uh, minutes per degree of arc. And so uh, a third of a degree in that amount of uh, space is like immeasurable, even with a caliper or, or a really, really good tape measure. So you're not going to be able to measure that precisely. Your scope height differences, if it doesn't matter from the front of the scope or the back of the scope, if you're doing your, the center line of your optic to the center line of the bore measurement for one of your ballistic inputs. That being said, just put on that uh, mount, make sure it's mounted properly, get your reticle level, and then just zero it at 100 meters and um, slip your scales to zero, man. And then you'll have more boost than you had last time. So it's not, don't, don't overthink it, guys. It's not rocket science. Just put the new scope mount on there and zero it again. Any comments, Dimitri? Well, I, I mean, I don't know if he's up to replacing the scope, but I mean, you get into a, a grid radical, you're going to end up gaining like another 15, about 20, 20, about 50, uh, 50 minutes of angle on some. Or I mean, okay. So that. You know, then you can dial up, then you still have another 50 minutes. But, but I mean, yeah. Okay. What right on. Cool. Okay. I'm going to do one more. This will be the last one. Uh, this one is from Chevy. Chevy writes in about ammo storage. He says, hello, I'd like to know how you store your bulk ammo. Do you keep it in that case that it came in, or do you open everything up and store it in loose in an ammo can? Can't wait for your class in August in Bristol, Indiana. Sure, ammo storage for long-term ammo storage. I mean, if it's in a uh, sealed tin, I think that's by far the best way to just leave it until you need it because it's sealed. Oxygen is going to be one of the main factors in corrosion, so leave it in the sealed tin. If it's in cardboard, that's not an oxygen barrier. I wouldn't worry about it. You can just throw it all loose in a tin. You can throw a silicon pack in there, or if you're a cheapskate like me, you can fill up a little sock with some cat litter. Uh, That's diatomaceous earth, which are crystal body ocean dwelling creatures which absorb moisture and you can fill that up in there it's a cat it's oil dry it'll absorb moisture and you can just throw one of them in your ammo it'll keep it pretty dry but you want to keep it dry as much as possible if it's in a tin just leave it in the tin that's it (laughs) you got any cool bible questions or ufo questions or anything that's all people are writing in about they don't want to know about what what other things? I they guess. don't want to know about the Jesus UFO situation in the end of the book of Revelation. Uh, if you guys are listening, give us some give us some crazy questions. We're ready. <laughs> Ask me a question. I never get a question. Do you have any questions, Dimitri, <laughs> about UFOs or Bible stuff or anything? What do you think, bro? What, what my you favorite color is? About? I didn't hear the last part. 
Oh, I said whatever. You can ask me what my favorite color is. What's your favorite color? Green. Well, that was (laughs) (laughs) brilliant, Miss Casey. Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Did you ever watch that video I sent you? Which video? Watching out in the desert. Oh, the UFO one. Yeah, where that guy built that engine or whatever. Yeah, dude, that's pretty crazy. That's a legit guy. He actually worked on the uh, F-14 and the, uh, oh, God, what was that one strike? A-6. A-6, yep. Yeah. So he worked on both of their engines. Hmm. Dude, did you ever hear a podcast about the aliens and the secret of the Greys revealed? No. Oh, dear. Dude, you got to check out our old podcast. What are you doing? That's like one of the best podcast episodes we ever did, actually. We still get comments on that, that one. That was an incredible episode, bro. You got to check it out. It was awesome. Oh. Yeah. I got to check that out. We really, really decode what's going on there. They're saying that there's like, what, six different races that live in Mana? Really? I don't know, man. That's cool. I only meant the great aliens, though, Dimitri. Hey, did you hear about our Chupacabra Interdiction Academy? No. <laughs> That's the class from Pennsylvania. They loved it. Big thank you to Mr. Dimitri from Primary Arms for stopping in for the Q&A for the day. And big thank you once again, sir, for that surprise present in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I sleep with her under my bed. <laughs> uh, for today's What If portion of the show, we've had a backlog of What If questions piling up in the inbox here. And we're going to do a speed read round of What If questions This today. is going to be awesome. All right. These are going to be favorite one, portion. one word answers or just a small sentence answer. I'll just uh, I'll give a, a very quick, decisive answer to each what if question are what? we gonna go around and do it and if it's a question that warrants more language we'll just talk more okay unless yeah. it inspires a rant or something like that yep all right so here we go what's the first what if question speed what if round go what if another species advanced as much as humans did i don't know what species would that what which one would be right behind us probably apes Nah, they, are you kidding me? They like climb on the shelf and poop in like water bottles and stuff. Dude. Damn dirty whales, bitch. dude! I was in Central America like a month or two ago, and I was telling you about this. I went to a bar. I'm like, I'm going to order a glass of water, and this monkey climbed up on the bar and pooped right in the water. And the lady just shooed the monkey away, gave it a banana, and then they continued to serve the water. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not going to inherit the planet anytime soon. Um, I think that maybe like a dolphin would actually be right up there. Or a manatee would probably do it. So they'd come up with some kind of a, if they're smarter than us, maybe they'll be more Amish style like manatees and dolphins than they would be like technologically advanced because they'd realize that all they need is to do is swim in the water and eat food and just hang out with each other and be happy. So uh, I think that if an animal was as smart as a human, it'd be one of those critters and it would just continue to do what it's been doing since the creation, just existing in harmony with everything else. I bet it's cats or dogs. Pretty soon, Lou, I'm going to take off all my clothes and run out in the backyard. As soon as it's not too cold. I can't wait. <laughs> then we'll play horseshoes. I'll, I'll be in the natural <laughs> Play horseshoes? Oh, dear God. <laughs> uh, I think it's probably the kitty cats because they've hit us on a subversive mind control thing on the internet ever since it came out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. We, we bow down to the cats. That's just that, uh, what's that thing that is in the cat poop that gets into your brain, Lou? Yeah, yeah. That's all that is. Probably. Yeah. Or like that old Seinfeld bit. Jerry had that one bit way back in the day talking about how if there was a superior species out in space watching us, how they would think that dogs are the dominant species because they've got <laughs> humans out and we're following them around. Them, yeah. yeah, and then uh, we're, they're dragging us around by these leashes all the time and then whenever they poop, we're right there to scoop it up and put it in our pockets. <laughs> take care of them. So, oh, that's awesome. What do you think, Casey? If there's a more like intelligent species, probably whales. I think whales got it down. Yeah, actually, probably would. They've be been one around for a long that. time. They're smart, super right. smart. Next one. All right, first speed round. We talked a lot. <laughs> what if a giant asteroid hadn't wiped out the dinosaurs? Well, then there'd be a lot more Anzio Ironwork 20 millimeter uh, shoulder filed weapons for sale at Walmart. <laughs> Plus, I think you'd be able to like ride dinosaurs and stuff. We'd probably have turned them into like horses, but on like a mass scale. Or maybe the Velociraptor would be in charge. 
Like on that Jurassic Park Part 3 kind of situation? I bet they'd be really good eating. Dinosaurs? Dinosaur meat. Oh well, my in gosh, the movie, we'd eat forever. The Land That Time Forgot, do you remember that one where the submarine goes back? Mm-hmm. Uh, the World War One submarine goes under the ice cave into Antarctica or, or Caprona. And then there's dinosaurs in there. It's like one of the awesomest dinosaur movies ever made, by the way. Do they eat them? Yeah, there, a plesiosaurus attacks the submarine. And they pop out and they have like a, a PPSH-41 machine gun, I think is what they have. And they just blow the hell out of this plesiosaurus. And then they eat it. There's an opening scene of the dinosaur land. Cool. Good answer, huh, Lou? <laughs> More of those pop culture references. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, at Ooh. least I got fun pop culture. <laughs> Speaking of pop culture, the next what if question is, what if humans were twice as intelligent? Oh, we wouldn't be here doing this. Then they wouldn't be <laughs> eating Tide Pods, right? None of us would be here doing what we are doing at this current time. If, if humans were at least twice as intelligent, we wouldn't have humans eating Tide Pods. We wouldn't have humans like... I can't even believe that's true. That's so crazy, man. Oh, boy. Is this on YouTube, man? What? Yeah, people, Tide pods? kids oh, eating yeah. Tide Pods. It's a and challenge. And then they just barf and die or what? I think you go to the hospital and get oh, really sick. Oh, for God's sakes. I have to watch one. No. We, we can pull one up in a little I bit. I don't here. think After we're we should perpetuate show, that. I don't give them any more the... likes. No, I'm pretty, I, I, I'll give them a thumbs up, man. <laughs> Good job. You Talk almost about died. about dedication. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're going to get one of those big shiny YouTube uh, silver buttons on their wall one day. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. That's just Darwinism is all that is, folks. Oh, that man. is survival of the fittest. Eaching, so. Darwinism, adapt. Speaking Dude, imagine of Imagine in ancient Rome, like, instead of feeding Christians to the lions, you had Roman citizens volunteering to go get eaten by the lion for the popularity. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yeah, eat me too. <laughs> That's pretty good. All don't, right, Casey, I'm ready. It, don't all make right. a statue for you. Speaking of death, our next question is, what if all the cats in the world suddenly died? What were you going to say, Lou? Sad He's day. looking like he's licking his lips over here. Uh-huh. Mm. I bet cats are better eating yeah, than hamsters. for Lou over here. I'm just going to eat all the critters. The dinosaurs, yeah. the cats. A reference to a previous <laughs> podcast episode talking about what we would do in the uh, apocalypse, bite-sized pets. So you do want to see that episode. If all the cats suddenly died, man, there'd be a hell of a lot of mice. That's for sure. Yeah. That'd be rough. You'd have to get a pet owl. <laughs> Problem is that sucker, you never can trust an owl, man. You got to be careful what kind of hairdo you got. It might swoop down and grab your eyeballs, man. Pluck your eyes right out of your head. I thought we were talking about cats. I thought this was a no, speed yeah. round. You have this to replace the cats with some kind of other, like, uh, apex predator that's, you know, under you that's in your house that takes care of the, the, the small stuff. <laughs> so would you have, like, a dish, like, with the owl's name on it? and they're like Probably. <laughs> It'd be like that Harry Potter had an owl. Instead of the little cat tower, you'd have like a little plastic tree trunk with a hole in the side. (laughs) (laughs) Sit in there and hoot. Hootie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hootius Maximus, man. Yeah, I love that stuff. Speed round. Next question. (laughs) What if we were closer to the Milky Way? We're in the Milky Way. (laughs) Next question. Hello, McFly. We're in the, one of the distant, you know, arms of the Milky Way that's like on the outer edge of the rim, but we're what in we the galaxy. What if we were closer? Then we'd have to have cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I was okay. within grabbing range of the Milky Way, I would eat it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Came all this way for puns. Goodness. Come on, folks. What if the first animals had six limbs? Uh, a lot of... Animals that were supposedly first do have six limbs, like bugs. Yeah. Box elder bugs, ladybugs, cockroaches. I yeah. don't know. There's something about four limbs, I guess. For That'd the be kind of cool to have six legs, though, man, or six limbs. It right? Would. What if we yeah. had six limbs? Would you choose limbs? extra legs or extra arms? Maybe one of each. No. Ah. That's <laughs> stupid. you got to be balanced what? out. You could have an arm Dude, over Dude, I would here pick leg extra legs because they give you a, a larger base of stability. When you have one of those John Wayne bar fights in South Dakota, <laughs> you can really grab dudes and throw them out the window. Yeah. You don't think so? I'm thinking extra arms, ma'am. Yeah, but you bartend. It'd be great to have extra arms. Oh, think about arms. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, You yeah, pour so you. many drinks. You could shoot four <laughs> guns at the same time. Think about that. 
<laughs> okay, but the that real is... question is, how would they be placed? Would you place them on your sides like a bug, or would you have them like out of your tits? What's that dude from India that has like <laughs> extra arms and stuff? Oh, there, God, dude. Yeah, Shiva. I don't remember. Next question. Okay. Just offended a third of the world there, Yeah, that'll be all right. (laughs) Sorry, guys. What if the Neanderthals had not gone extinct? They'd probably be eating Tide Pods. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Probably would have crossbred with them. Yeah. And there'd be a whole subspecies of not-so-human humans. Did you know that Mm -hmm. if you don't mess with a Neanderthal skull, there's a book called uh, Bones of Contemption, I think is what it's called. And uh, they, like, in the 18, late 1800s, since the Piltdown Man, a lot of the caveman fossils have been seriously modified to fit textbook examples of what they wanted to expect. The Neanderthal skulls, if you look at them closely, they filed on the jaw bones to make the jaw stick way the hell out farther, like by an inch and a half from really? the TMJ. Yep. And uh, so that makes it look more caveman-ish, like from the cartoons, because curators at museums are sometimes you know not really they're they're into the display mm-hmm. more than the actual biology and uh so if you put the jawbone back in its normal place it's very similar to a modern human skull uh, except it's uh it's showing signs of acromegaly which is a disease of excessive hormone in bone growth hmm. and so if you look at um neanderthal they're modern homo sapien but they have acromegaly symptoms. And it's like, I think, and it's hard to ex- examine exactly what's going on because you don't know how long these people lived. Um, but uh, they, they're showing excessive, like they're, they're deformed humans. Interesting. Yep. So either there's something going on with the diet or with the lifespan or something, but they are suffering from acromegaly is my hypothesis. I had no idea. Yeah. Bones of Contemption. Interesting book. Hmm. I learned something today. Yeah, all the caveman fossils man are very interesting like all this the shady dealings that's going on <laughs> smithsonian gate and all that stuff oh yeah it's good stuff man have birthday hello what if there were no gravity uh then the atmosphere would not be attached to the earth and we'd all freaking die nothing pretty would, quick nothing would be attached to the earth yeah we'd we'd float off none of this would exist then you'd kiss your butt goodbye what if earth's magnetic poles flipped Mm, flipped like or shifted well they said flipped in the question well if it flipped from the north pole was all of a sudden the south pole and vice versa i really wouldn't notice would anybody but if it shifted to where like all of a sudden we weren't in the arctic zone but we were in the florida zone i would totally be up for that (laughs) dude there'd be palm trees we could have coconuts bro i'm down for that i don't even instead of slushies yeah, I don't even know what way the, the ocean currents would be flowing at that point because the temperature inversions would be different. But, uh, I mean, maybe we get more rain, you know, so you can actually have, like, maybe it'd be, like, I don't know, Guatemala, Costa Rica up in here someplace, you know what I mean? Tropical. Yeah, Panama. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm for it. Dude, yeah, me too. I say let's, let's I'll roll them. the dice <laughs> on, a, on a pole shift. Uh, a pole switch is not as fun, but a pole shift? Like, maybe, you know, like... You could end up at more of a blizzard zone, but it wouldn't really be that much of an effect. Honestly. It can only get so cold. Yeah. I mean, we already got the Eskimo suit, so we're set on that. Mm-hmm. But I, there's a greater chance that it could be more warm. So I'm excited. I'll roll those dice, too. That we live in the Arctic zone. What if you could only eat one type of food? Uh, then I would eat that food. <laughs> well, what food would you pick? Oh, I, I'm picking a food? Yeah. Lou, what would you eat, bro? Oh. Hamsters. Some, probably. <laughs> Hamsters. <laughs> probably apples. Apples? I like apples. That's smart. You know, if you would pick you a like fruit. Would you like apples if you had to eat it for eternity, though, Lou? Do I get a different type of apple every day? All right. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. I'll hand you an apple. You make whatever you want out of it. Okay. Nice. What would you eat? Applesauce. You can cook apples so many ways, Rex. You can make... Boiled apple fritters. apples, broiled apples, apple fritters, apple sauce, apple pie. Huh. Crunchy apple. apples. <laughs> <laughs> the list goes on, folks. I'd probably eat like fish, man. That's healthy. I think so. Like uh you there's a everything the fish ever needed to live, you would consume. But what if you got uh, mercury poisoning or something? 
I already got mercury poisoning. What am I going to add to it? I'm already crazy as hell. I suppose. Yeah. How about I, you? I probably just eat candy till I died because at least candy. at least I die fat and happy. You know, I'd be like I'd be obese and crap. But hey, I'd... Casey, good <laughs> you woke up in this circus. <laughs> you want some pink cotton candy or some blue cotton candy for lunch today? Huh, Casey? I never, I don't know. I mean, obviously I die faster, but like, at least I don't have to eat like I think beans. actually eating candy until you died would be the worst form of death you could have. It would hurt. Yeah, your oh, tummy be would be horrible, bad. Dude. Okay, Wouldn't maybe not terrible? candy. Maybe I'll do like, I like, uh, I like Nefla soup. Nefla. Oh, d- I could eat. I changed Nefla. my answer. I never, I didn't even consider the soup possibility. Dude, I'd either eat like Mrs. Rex's chili that we have. Oh, that's really or good. Or like Nefla soup. Oh, Dude, yeah. you got chicken in there. You got your, your carbs. You, and soup. Obviously, yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, let's do soup. Yeah, definitely soup. Cheaters. Guaranteed. Vegetables, <laughs> cheaters. Now nah, I'm cheating, dude. I switched my answer. Soup. Yeah, I would definitely eat like Nefla soup, man. Guaranteed 100% chance. That'd or be beef great. barley soup or beef vegetable, yeah. something like that. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, you could live on that for a long time. Some mm. chicken tortilla soup. I'm just thinking in terms of like all the stuff we need to not die. You know what I mean? Right. Soup covers all those bases. Yeah. It does. It yeah. does. And I've heard people lose a lot of weight on the soup diet because it's already kind of liquefied. Ah, that's overrated. Anyway. <laughs> Next question. Better than dying on the candy diet. <laughs> what if the sun were half as big? Uh, It'd be half as warm. The years and half would, as much gravitational pull, and the years would be half as long. And Could you imagine off half the, the gravitational gra- pull? Like, would we fly off, or would we oh, just yeah. fly up? We'd be bye bye. We would just get colder and colder. The sun would get farther and farther away. Do you think that we'd have to like lift more weights? Because like, no, Earth's gravity is contr- what controls weight on Earth. Oh. But it's, uh, it's amazing how it all hangs together, isn't it? Like, it is. It's w- almost like it was on purpose or something. Yep. <laughs> <Weird>. <laughs> It like was, somebody planned it. it. Was all just an elaborate accident. It all just <laughs> happened to fall that way. Yeah, nothing exploded and it all happened perfect. And here we are doing a podcast show. Yeah. All right, one last question, and this is my favorite. What would happen if you shot a gun in space? Oh, In outer space, well, you'd have no drop. So you'd have to do a <laughs> parallel bore zero perfectly. You'd want to measure your height of your scope the center of your scope above the uh, axis of the bore, and you would zero at a target of any distance, wouldn't matter, and you'd match that. I'd go out as far as you could see. But would your bullet ever stop if there wasn't any? Not until it encountered resistance, which would be a long time. Now, after a certain amount of time, you'd encounter enough dust and atoms. and I mean, there's stuff in space. Space ain't totally empty, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There's gas, I mean, but you would have a heck of a lot better. You could shoot long distance in space. <laughs> yeah, you could go really far. <laughs> you could go like light years. Uh-oh, we're going to give somebody an idea. There's going to be an astronaut out there being like, the longest shot ever made. <laughs> now, what would happen is you got to realize that the, the gunpowder, you'd have to have sealed ammunition, I, mm-hmm. I would think, even though the chemical bonds, there's enough oxygen within the propellant itself to launch it. But I think that sealed ammunition would be the best way to go. And uh, you'd, you'd like touch it off and it would shoot. And uh, But you'd have to, if you wanted to hit anything, you'd have to have parallel uh, zeroing with the with the scope and the, and the bore axis. And uh, you could just aim straight on. There's no gravitational drop, no wind resistance. It'd be completely uh, in the performance parameters of what the internal ballistics of the rifle would afford you to accomplish. What do you think the, uh, like the boom would be like, the explosion? If you shoot a gun in space, does it make a boom? So, uh, yes, if the, once the gas wave hits you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gas wave is what would hit your eardrum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you'd hear that because you actually are producing matter, which is gas shooting out of the muzzle, right? Hmm. Um, there's not like explosions in space. You can't hear sound. Typically, it's not displacing the atmosphere. But if you were in the blast zone, you would definitely hear the ex- expansion of the, the nitrocellulose explosion. Interesting. You know what I mean? Huh. Yeah. So I why? I don't know what it would sound like, though. That'd be weird because it's a void. A huge part of the concussion in the atmosphere has to do with the acoustics of being in the fluid of the atmosphere. Yep. But... 
the only atmosphere that you would hear would be created within the cartridge itself. So it depends on how close you are. Hmm. But I'm, I'm guessing you'd, you'd hear something. But then to have your ear into outer space, you'd have to decompress your body at zero atmosphere and you would die within a few seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's the other thing. Can you pull the trigger if you're in a spacesuit? Mm. Well, you'd have to have a larger trigger guard, astronaut approved. <laughs> and if we were to try to pull this experiment off, which firearm, what caliber do you think we'd bring up in outer space to try these tests with? Oh, man, I don't know. We need to get a space shuttle. A space a sudden, Uzi. Bal- yeah. Ballistic coefficient is all of a sudden not even a factor, really. Right. I would bring a big old fifty seventy sharps, man. Yeah. Yeah. So touch her off and see what happens. <laughs> It'd go forever. That's, That'd be that's great. A crazy I'd part. shoot me a Roman yeah. space buffalo. You could start like a... Oh, give me a home <laughs> where the asteroids roll. And the bleebs and the buzzy bugs play. <laughs> I would like to be where there is not so much air. <laughs> and the desert wind blows you away. Mars, Mars is my home. Well, at least he admitted. Where everyone's short just like me. (laughs) Where gravity's low and the water is snow. And two moons, they shine down upon me. Oh, wow. That was was very nice. stolen from the movie... Spaced Invaders from the 90s. You remember oh. that whole because song. I, my entire childhood existed within the Matrix. Oh, and I <laughs> yeah. thought you wrote it. Just no. <laughs> yeah, I invented that one. <laughs> Aren't I creative? <laughs> yeah. I invented something I heard on TV. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes, Lou. Can we end this nightmare of the circus we've been injected into? Uh, I don't know if we can quite yet. We, if we uh, start a long-range shooting range on the moon, I think we've got something cooking here, guys. <laughs> We're about to get out of the Matrix. Oh, that'd be the ultimate confidence <laughs> that'd booster. That'd be so great. long-distance range on the moon. <laughs> the moon. <laughs> like, wow, guys. Like, you'd have to redo in everything. That'd be great. Let's yeah, do All it. you would have is gravitational drop. You would have zero atmosphere corrections at all. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. That'd be something. We'd have so much fun. Oh, the moon is a shooter's paradise. Right? Hello. I long to be there. And welcome to the PRS moon version. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. Five more years, right? We were talking about that. Five years, what we're going to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) Laser beams on the moon. Oh, boy. All right, guys. Let's make it happen. Who's investing? Let's go. Starting the bid. Yeah, we're going to start a Patreon account. Uh, hey, by the way, didn't we start we a Patreon? We did. Well, we're working on it. It might be up. Well, it should be up by the time we post this. Yeah. So, guys, check out Patreon. It's under, what's the name of it? Rex Reviews LLC? Yep. Rex Reviews LLC that on is Patreon. Patreon. Now, what is a Patreon, Casey? I actually still don't know the answer. So, Patreon is a place where, and it's for patrons or people. Pa- patrons? Okay. People who want to know what you're doing or see content that they can't see okay. other places. That sort of thing. I remember the story now. You ready for this, guys? Yep. So for years and years and years and years, I I wanted to produce everything I have for free to everybody. If YouTube is cutting us off, we're going to be on YouTube as long as possible until they boot us off. But once they do boot us off, we have to go somewhere else. The only place that is financially feasible without having to pay bandwidth costs and everything would be Patreon. And so we are planning on having multiple levels of participation. I do believe you have to pay a small amount to get onto there to see the content. I would like to back it up, right, Casey? Yep, we do have... So there's a tier system. That's how Patreon works. It works in tiers. Um, You donate so much per month, and then you get so much per month. And we're trying to be really fair and keep our videos still at the lowest tier so you can access them. But then there's some cool stuff that we're going to be doing for you guys the higher up you go in those tiers. Yeah, it could be like top secret Pete Wiggleson shower videos. <laughs> it could be, <laughs> or it could like not be. Like if you want to pay more money to get into more debauchery. <laughs> Sign on up, folks. Or it could be a certain deal where you could be welcome to an alumni party or who knows what. 
But uh, we, we're, we're going to define these uh, things as they come across. Uh, I would like to upload. I don't know how much stuff Patreon's going to allow us to upload. It has to be uh, within their parameters. But uh, I would like to get a backup from YouTube if that ever does. If we ever do get banned off of there, I'd like to at least get the tutorial series uploaded on a Patreon at an affordable cost. And, of course, if you can... And I hate to be like a prairie public, what do you call that place? What's that place called? <laughs> National Public Radio. National Public Radio, Lou. If you'd like to make a donation. We're opening the small lines. Amount, we'll not cancel all our stuff for you. But if you don't pay any money, we'll be gone forever. And you can just die alone. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they that's what I always thought they're saying, dude. But no, we're we're actually in that situation now, man. <laughs> Let's be realistic. Like they'll um, take our stuff down, man, and that's where we're going to be at. So, but no, if, if you've enjoyed what we produced and you're looking for a way to kind of help us out, man, uh, actually, a lot of us are kind of going full time on the gig now, and we'd like to produce a lot more stuff, especially in the podcast show, the the videos, the uploads, the training events, everything. We can definitely actually, and I hate doing this. This like goes against every piece of. Every tiny nanometer of my Y chromosome doesn't want to do this. <laughs> but actually, you know, financial support is very much appreciated because um, after uh, spine surgeries, cancer, medical bills, having to go full time to this job right at the time when they're booting you off YouTube, financial support is appreciated. And if you can afford it and if you like the project, we greatly appreciate your support. Check out Patreon. Rex Reviews LLC. Yeah, yeah, Rex Reviews LLC on Patreon. We'll make some stuff available and we'll we'll have uh, some extra stuff available if you if you are, can afford to help us out more. Uh, we'll, we'll try to make that worth your time in one way or the other, whether that be sitting in Rex's kitchen, drinking coffee with him, listening to rants in person or whatever I have to do <laughs> to survive, man. But no, we appreciate your support. And uh, that's kind of where we're going. We're going to try to preserve the Sniper 101 series uh, because I believe that that's a huge step in the preservation of, of the liberty of the country for another 12 minutes at least. And so... <laughs> <laughs> Not to be so grim, but no, we, we do appreciate the help, guys. Yeah, and I think Patreon's going to be a really good step for us. I think it's going to be fun for you guys, too. We're going to try and have some fun stuff for you. So You know, I didn't realize how many of the other gun channels are on Patreon. And I've been told for years, like, Rex, why aren't you on Patreon? You could be making all this money. I'm like, dude, I don't need money. You know, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just going to put on YouTube for zero dollars. And so here I am going for all these years, like, doing this. And all of a sudden, like... I don't want to live in a cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think it'll be okay. Um, if, if you do want to support us, go check it out. We'll have some exclusive content there at the very least, plus some extra stuff. We'll probably have some uh, top secret uh, T-shirts that I'm going to create. Uh, if you're a podcast listener, you're going to get the inside jokes. You'll be on the inner crowd. So do check it out and see what we have going on on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Dot com, right? Dot com. Is that what that thing is? Yep. We're just setting it up today, guys. So uh, hopefully you can meet us there. And uh, we'll also keep rolling with YouTube until they shut us down. And, uh, you know, that might be sooner than later because we do like to speak Veritas, regardless <laughs> of their communist crap they try to make me do. Uh, but that's, that's only going to last for so long. So they'll probably kick us off the channel pretty soon. But uh, anything you can do to support us would be awesome. And until then, folks, keep fighting the good fight out there. And That's right. Stay in touch with us and continue the conversation on the forums on RexReviews.org. Kind of the place to be in the community hub of all of us uh, distinguished long-range precision shooters. That is correct. And also, if you do want to train with us, uh, RexDefense.com has a training schedule. When we advertise for these classes, be sure to read the descriptions. We have a lot of different things available. Uh, it's going to be a good time. So just uh, check out rexdefense.com for our current schedule of classes. And uh, also, if you have attended a class, too, we should mention that the alumni party is up. Oh, yeah. Make Lou. sure you get your ticket. Lou, alumni party is on the books, bro. This is going to be in Iowa. It's going to be close to Des Moines, like within like a half hour drive of there. So if you can, if you can get to Des Moines Airport, is that what they call that place? Yep, it's the Des Moines International Airport. Yes, if you can get there or if you can drive to Iowa, it's going to be the 2018 Alumni Party. 20 bucks, guys. 
any of the training that you missed out on because you're in one of the first classes, because the, the technology is progressing, our training program is evolving. There's a lot of neat stuff you might have missed. Uh, we're going to catch you up on that. There's also new stuff you've never heard of before. It'll be kind of a seminar environment. We're going to talk about that on Saturday. Uh, 20 bucks. If you're an alumni, if you've graduated from any of our training events, uh, you're more than welcome to come out. It's at uh, the grape, grape escape, escape, like the Steve McQueen movie, except with wine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the guy's name was also in the movie. There are a lot of good actors in that movie. Remember the Great Escape? Uh, I'm just thinking about all the wine I've drank and the hangovers <laughs> oh, from them, man. Nothing like a good red wine. Oh uh, yeah, no. You guys are allowed to camp out there at the at the winery. It's going to be at a winery. We're going to have live music. Me and Lou are definitely going to play. Maybe even Casey will hit the bass. We'll if any of you that. are guitar players yeah, we'll or bass see. players or drummers, <laughs> bring your instruments. Bring your instruments. Bring your pencils. We're going to be hanging out. We're going to be visiting. We're going to be uh, doing silly things. We're going to mostly have fun. 90% of it will be having fun, hanging out, visiting, uh, just kind of being with the crowd. If you got your wife, you're more than welcome to bring your spouse out there. Or if you got your husband, if you're one of the chicks that made it, you can bring your husband as well. Uh, no extra charge for that. No, uh, It'll be limited to just spouses. There will be no children at this event. It's going to get probably a little too scary with all the talk of long-range shooting and all. We won't want to scare them. And it's at a winery. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we're going to have a great time. It's actually uh, August 31st to uh, September 2nd, 2018 at the Grape Escape Winery in Iowa. So yep. Get your awesome. tickets on RexDefense.com. And I'm telling you what, if I don't see you guys at this event, I'm going to be very, very upset. I'm going to drive mm -hmm. to your house. You're going to wake up, and you're going to have Rex silhouette in the doorway as you're sleeping. And uh, who knows what could happen. <laughs> I've been waking up like that the last couple of weeks, actually. What happened, dude? I've been living with you. Oh. Uh <laughs> and trust me, folks, you don't want that to happen. <laughs> you don't want to know what happens. <laughs> I, I do want to quick explain, when you get onto the website, because uh, the... Alumni party obviously isn't part of our typical classes. Just go straight to the directory. So go to rexdefense.com, go to courses, civilian, go to the course directory button. It's bright yellow on any of the boxes and scroll down to the bottom for special events. And of course, if you're subscribed to the newsletter at rexdefense.org, we'll have a direct link to that event for you. Well, it's been a fun time here today, folks, on the podcast. If you want to drop us a line, go to rexreviews.org and stay in touch. And until the next time, Take care of yourself and those you love, and we'll talk to you real soon. Start think why